Hello, and welcome to Our Walk Together. This is the place where we have a chance to listen and to learn from others on our walk. My name is Paul Wong, and I will be your host, but also a fellow traveler. I'm glad that you're able to join me today on Our Walk Together. My guest today is Sharon Quarto. At some point, we all question why we're here. What's our purpose? Sharon helps people figure out the whys of their lives. As a practical intuitive, Sharon shares personal life tools to help guide people to a peaceful and fulfilling life. After years of recovery from addiction to alcohol, Sharon began to sense an uneasiness in her own life and embarked on a spiritual journey. After many events in her life, Sharon began her own spiritually-based business, utilizing her intuitive abilities. Sharon has dedicated her life to being of service to others. And in her own words, Sharon states, nothing brings me more joy than helping people come into their own and finding peace in their lives. So welcome, Sharon, to our walk together. Uh, glad to have you here today. Oh, it comes from a, the, the title actually comes from a, uh, a men's group that I belong to, uh, which is where I got the inspiration for the title, where part of the men's group is to find someone to walk with you, you know, on your journey through life. And I thought that's really kind of cool. You know, our walk together. You know, that's what we're all doing, right? That's where that all came from. Together. Yeah, that's what in we... this crazy life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us a bit about well, yourself. Um, I am married, and I have five kids, and uh, two and a half uh, grandchildren on the way. And I have a, mm. a business um, where I—it's called Grace and Gratitude—and it's where I do intuitive work, mediumship work, tarot cards. Uh, spiritual guidance counseling, I call it, anything to mm-hmm. help people become unstuck and unblocked in life. And I'm also a student of okay. the Course in Miracles. Great. Okay. Um, so we'll start, let's let's kind of go with that. What is a Course of Miracles? That's not that's something well, I'm real it's familiar a with. Fabulous book that was written in the 1970s, and it's got over a thousand pages in it, and it was channeled information from Jesus to a woman named Helen, who was an atheist and who was a psychiatrist Mm. at Columbia University. And she went home from work one night and heard a voice that said to her, this is a course in miracles and you will take notes. And of course, being a psychiatrist, she thought, I'm crazy, I'm hearing voices. (laughs) And um, so she scribed notes from Jesus for seven years. And the premise of the Course in Miracles is a shift from fear to love. And there's 365 lessons in the book. You do one a day. There's a textbook. And there's mm-hmm. also um, in the last portion of the book, it's called the, um, it's for the teachers, right? And everybody in the Course of Miracles is a teacher. 
So okay. the Course in Miracles, what it teaches you is that love is really the only real thing in life and forgiveness is the key to happiness. It would never tell you to bypass trauma or a horrific event in your life. That's, it would want you, the Course in Miracles would want you to get help and go to therapy. But for all the other things in life, forgiveness is the key and love is the only real thing in life. That's really the bottom line to A Course in Miracles. It's little stuff every single day that we all, we all come across and don't know what exactly. to do with or so from fear to love is, is what you said. And that's, that seems to be a big issue uh, because we're so afraid as people, we're so afraid of everything it seems, you know, and it's, it's sometimes interesting for me anyways, to look at what fear does mm. in our lives. It plays a big, just as, Pervasive oh, sometimes. Oh, I couldn't have said that better. It is pervasive. It can be like a cancer in your life. And really one of the things that the Course teaches is, is the true original sin is the guilt we feel from separating from God. Because we have fear because we believe that um, we, are, we have separated from God. Now, let me also say this. The Course in Miracles is not religious. It does not subscribe to any religion mm -hmm. at all. Jesus' religion was love. I don't, that, I just want to make that clear. But the true original right. sin was our guilt that we feel. And then we come to earth and we have this unconscious guilt that we have and we project it onto everybody else, usually through anger, judgment. But under all of that truly is your own fear. So the Course would ask you to look at your fear of separation from God and understand that that never happened. We're all connected to him, mm -hmm. we're connected to one another. Puts me in mind of the, um, the, the Adam and Eve story you know, I've often talked about that with, with other folks. And, you know, the Adam and Eve story, we tend to think that that's some kind of somehow or other a very literal story. It's not. But it's really not. Because, you know, Adam and Eve are there. And I'll just tell you my interpretation of the story. But Adam and Eve are there. And, you know, they're not, they can do anything they want except one thing. They can't, according to the story, they can't eat the apple. And it's kind of fascinating to me what happens after they eat the apple because suddenly then it tells it tells us that they realized they were naked well i don't think that necessarily means body naked i think it means that they were exposed because what was inside of them suddenly came out with that apple and you know it was like oh this is a part of who we are but we need to work on that and that you know but I don't think God never, ever leaves them. Never, In fact, you when know, I work with clients, you know, and they never, say, ever. where is God in all of this? God has never left you. Right, right. It's like even the scriptures, I, I have, obviously you could tell I, I've done a lot of work with the scriptures, but even the scriptures in the New Testament um, with Jesus when on two or three different occasions, um, it's, it's referred to, he's referred to by mm -hmm. the voice in the sky as this is my beloved son. And I've often talked with people, and you could tell me if, what you think about this, but I've often talked to people about what does that mean? And do we really understand? Because if we understand that we're the beloved of God, all of us are, well, then exactly. what are we afraid That's of? That's exactly true. And how you do know? you feel that connection every day? And part of my process in the morning mm -hmm. is, meditation and connecting with my higher self with god whatever you choose to believe in the one source the universe right? mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you do have something that right. you know is greater 
greater than you that you can connect with to know that you are part of that greatness as well. And that's the key. For me, anyway, having a morning ritual is really what keeps me in alignment with the truth of who I am. And that's partly what I do in my work with people is to help them remember who they are, that they are a beloved Mm. part of this whole great uh, oneness and that love is the answer Mm. and key to everything. And do they find that that changes their lives as they begin to experience that through you? It's a slow process for some and a fast process for many, but yes, that they can feel like they are part of something because so many people feel alone and separate. And Mm -hmm. when you're alone and separate, that's a scary place to be. So, yeah, it's a very helpful thing for a lot of people to know that they are never alone. Your angels and guides are always with you. I communicate with mine on a daily basis. Conversations, not out loud in the store, but out loud in my office or in my car. Yourself, or one of the things you refer to yourself as is a, a practical yeah. intuitive. Yeah, so what's you that? Know many you'll hear maybe famous mediums or intuitives on TV will talk about how they saw angels and guides or spirit when they were very young. Mm-hmm. That was not my my experience at all. I grew up in you know, my mother was an alcoholic, and you know, I was as a young child just trying to keep my head above water with her addiction. And I had a father, but he was emotionally unavailable. So it wasn't the greatest circumstances growing up. And it wasn't until my own addiction where I went into recovery where I didn't, I mean, at that point, I didn't, you know, believe in anything, but I remembered my husband driving me to an NA meeting. And I said in my head to Jesus, if you help heal me of this insanity, I will do anything you tell me to do but because my life all was hell i was full of fear i was Mm. full of judgment i was afraid of taking a leap of faith it was it was a hard life and when you ask with a humble heart they will line up synchronicities and that's what happened i asked with a humble heart and the next thing i know i end up taking a course in miracles at a, a local high school for three weeks where I ended up Mm -hmm. sitting next to someone and we began talking about, I was seeing colors around people and I Googled that and the Google told me I had a brain tumor, which was very upsetting to hear. But the person I ended up sitting next to, again, synchronicity, not an accident, said, oh, you're just seeing auras. I had no idea what an aura was. She said, go see this woman in, it's another town, a few towns away from me. And um, the woman I saw actually became my teacher for five years. And Mm. Um, she helped me develop my intuition. And we all have it. I don't have a gift. I, anybody, mm. or I should say everybody, has an intuitive side to them. Mine is just stronger. It's like a muscle at the gym. I use it every day, so it's stronger. But 
everybody right. has it. People on TV who do this are not, they're not gifted. Everybody has a sense of intuition. And the reason I'm called the practical intuition, intuitive is because I'm not very woo-woo or whatever that is. I'm not out there. I want to help people mm-hmm. here on the earth. We are living physical lives. So I help them do physical things throughout their day to help them keep connected to their own spirit and connected to those around them. So I talk about flower essences or essential oils or books they should read, journal writing, anything really that will help a person um, break the habit of themselves. And how do they react Majority, to Majority, I have to say, mostly. my prayer every day is that the people who find me are a good fit for us, that we're together, we're a good fit together. Okay. And I, I have not had one person in the seven years that I've been doing my spiritually based business, and I, I have not had one person run out the door. People, by the time people come to me, they're ready for a change, I think. And so they are ready to try mm-hmm. anything. And they're, yeah, sure, everyone has resistance every once in a while. But for the most part, um, people see the change in their life. And that, that's my goal here is to help people get unblocked and to feel joy in their life every day when they wake up and not to feel like, oh, when the alarm goes off, that, oh, no. I want them to wake up with joy. I literally mm. call this is true. Do not get out of bed. My feet do not hit the floor until I've said five things that I'm grateful for before I get out of bed. And that's how I start oh, my day. Yeah. And then, that's I, a good hint. then I do my routine, but then I come down and I meditate for and not long. It doesn't have to be, I think people think it has to be a lot of cross legged hour oming for an hour. You know, no. Like when I started meditating, I set my timer for two minutes on my phone because I have such a monkey mind. And even seven years mm-hmm. later, I might be up to 20 minutes, but I kind of drift in and out. But yeah. And that's it. I think that's something, um, the one little reference you made, that's something that um, a lot of folks don't understand is that, you know, we have this image of, of prayer, meditation, you know, uh, quietness that says, you know, it's some kind of, uh, the, the image I always get is, is an Indian person sitting on the ground, cross-legged, um, you know, and, you know, I've had people tell me, well, you know, I can't do that, you know, so how can I, how can I meditate? How can I, how can I use uh, centering prayer? Because if I tried to get on the floor <laughs> and cross my legs, I'm going to have to call the rescue squad to get me up. And I think as we age, that's, that's pretty close to normal. People could- um, and I think that keeps it, people away sometimes. You. And you could do a walking meditation if you go for a walk in the morning or take your dog for the morning. Just clear mm-hmm. your mind. Just try to get, just focus on your breathing, focus on your dog, focus on the noise around you. And it doesn't have to be a big formal thing. Anything where you can get your mind to relax is a really good thing. And just kind of let go of Yeah, let go, surrender, turn it over to whatever it is you believe in. Ask them for help. And even if people wanted to start a, and actually one of the things you said, I want to go back to that is because I started helping people develop a morning routine because they were clueless how to start it. So for some right. people, it was getting a deck of Oracle cards or angel cards and pulling the card a day. Some people really enjoyed reading prayer in the morning. So I helped them kind of formulate something they can do in the morning. It takes maybe 15 or 20 minutes. People are busy. People don't have time to sit and mm-hmm. meditate, but you could cut out if it was important to you 10 or 15 minutes in the morning um, for something just to get 
your day off to a good start. And because in the morning is important because it sets the tone for the entire day. I think you often hear people saying things like, well, you know, I, I just don't have time for that. Um, you know, I'm running the kids to soccer practice and I, you know, I'm working two jobs and I got a house to keep up and there's just yeah. no time in the day, um, which I'm not sure that's really true. Time for things that are important to you. How, you know, sometimes I think on hmm. Sundays I get a thing on my phone that tells me how long I've been on my phone. So oh, that's, if I can spend that's three hours a day on my phone, I can find 15 minutes to do something that will fill me up and make me happy. Yeah, and others have talked about various ways that, you know, other people I've talked with have talked about various ways that people find that time. I, one person was telling me that they find their time driving their car mm-hmm. back and forth to work. You know, the only thing they can't exactly. do is close yeah. their eyes, obviously. But, um, you know, that's that's their quiet time. And it's their time to okay. kind of regroup in both coming and going. I, other people, I was talking to someone the other day who, I, I thought it was a very clever thing to do who works in an office and, you know, offices are busy and, and this person found that, that he needed, you know, he did a, a morning routine, but then he found that he needed to do a second time during the day at some point in time to keep him going and to keep him focused. So what he did is he walks away from his, his uh, desk. He goes down to his car and he opens the door of his car and he sits there inside the car windows open uh, for 20 minutes. And that's his way of getting his 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 strength back, I guess is the right word, for the Beautiful. rest of the day. But he found that time just to Beautiful. sit. Yeah, it doesn't, again, if it's hard, we won't stick to it. You know, so right. I love that he, could, he figured out to carve a little time for himself, the quietness of his car, being in nature, sitting there looking at whatever's around him. What a beautiful thing to do. Mm-hmm. And what a gift to do for yourself, right? Yeah. Right. There's yeah. a lot of talk yeah. these days about I, self-care. I think... It doesn't necessarily just mean, you know, having your nails done or your hair done. It's really, too, about mm-hmm. having that time just for yourself and the quietness and checking on yourself, like, what things are you telling yourself? Are you kind to yourself? And I think sometimes we, we listen to people, um, you know, like yourself who've, who've been doing something for many, many years. And I think people look and say, well, you know, I can't do that. You know, and we forget that oh it's little God. steps, the baby steps point. that, Such that a count. Good point. It is baby steps. Literally, again, like I started, as I said earlier, two minutes meditating. I set my timer for two minutes. I did not. And I, I have so much quit in me, you would not believe so for myself, <laughs> I have to really do baby steps. You can't make big changes all at once. It just doesn't happen that way. And you're not going to wake up motivated to do this stuff. Like motivation is self-talk. Right. Like when I have to do hard things, I literally oh. have to pump myself up. I have to do self-talk to get myself through it. So if you're hoping to wake up and want to be motivated to meditate, it's not going to happen. You've just got to start from where you stand mm. and do it. Like so many other things like in he our was lives, right, that, okay? uh, just do it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> One of the things that that we try to do, uh, I try to do on the podcast is is connect people with people who have different ways of looking at things and different ways of of being. So, I, I do want to ask you um, because it probably would be good for someone to hear about. You talk uh, a, a little bit about. Um, how your intuitive sense and your connection 
with those who've crossed to the other side. Um, you know, uh, it's not something we hear people talk a lot about. Um, but what's that? Yeah. What is that? What's that? Uh... Thank you for asking that question. I'm happy to clarify. Um, when I began reading tarot cards, that is when my intuition opened up, and I could I began sensing things about people. And it was through the journey of tarot, I'll call it, that really helped me focus on my clairvoyance. They call it. You know, some people have clairvoyance. I don't have that. Mm -hmm. Very. Right. They're sentient, they're cognizant, which means I have a strong knowing and a strong sensing. So tarot helped me to develop my intuition. And one day I was doing a tarot reading, and I felt the presence of this woman's grandmother come into the office. And she had, I said to her, did your grandmother pass? And she said, yes. And I, be I began delivering messages from her grandmother to her. And I thought, well, mm. I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> Literally, that's how it happened. <laughs> and that's why I want everyone who's listening to this podcast to know I am not special. Everybody has this ability to do. To, everybody has this ability. So when a client books a session with me, I meditate and I connect with their angels and guides. And their angels and guides give me information about them that will assist them in the reading and assist them in their life. And then mm. I'll pull some tarot cards. And usually the cards back up exactly what I've written down from the angels and guides. Yeah, just it's yeah. interesting to me. And when the client comes, I will discuss with them what their guides have shared. And we will talk about the information and where they're blocked and how I can help them get some practical solutions to help them get unstuck. And oftentimes during the session, a loved one, a family member, a friend who has crossed over will come through with a message. So again, I don't want to beat a horse to death, but when I say everybody can do what I do, I want everybody to realize with practice and dedication, you can do this. And that's what it takes. It takes a practice and a dedication to do it. How do you how do you respond, for example, to the folks out there who are cynics and you probably know who they are and as well as I do? Um, how do you respond to the people who are cynics who say, you know, when you say that the that that lady's grandmother um, came into the room and and even with the things you've written down and, and you know for your readings, how do you respond and how how do you respond when they say, well, you're just leading them, you know? You're asking generalities. You hear that all the time. You're only asking generalities and anybody could fit into that. And you're, you're skewing what you're asking by their response. Well, the short answer is I don't respond to them. That I respect their okay. opinion. And I think, I think skepticism, a healthy skepticism is not a bad thing because there are charlatans out there, but I have done mm -hmm. this long enough and have brought through evidential information um, mm -hmm. that there's things that I've brought through that there's no way I could possibly have known. And so if I had to speak and defend myself, which I generally don't, um, I think that's the area I would discuss. Is like, well, how would I have known that she was standing next to her son's grave on this day with mm -hmm. these types, this type of flower? You know? 
So right. I, I think everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I generally don't engage with those. Cause I, and you want to know why, Paul? I have nothing to prove to anybody. I honestly don't. Right. If you believe it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. And isn't that a great way of yes. looking at life? You know, in many ways, how many things, you know, I, how many things happen, I think, in terms of wars and conflicts and, you know, uh, a non-functioning Congress and, you know, conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. How many of that stuff happens because I'm trying to convince you that I'm right and you're wrong? And and it doesn't and usually it work. It doesn't. And what I've come to know, and you've probably heard, this is what you think about me is none of my business. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. It's none of my business. Yeah. I'm just going to go on my merry way and you do you. And that's pretty much how I do my life. And that's hard mm. for people to understand. But it has you brought know, me so that, much peace. Uh, that you can do that. Yeah. There's no conflict yeah. in my life. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm sure a lot of people are saying, Oh my god, I wish yeah, that could do that. <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that sounds wonderful to me. Caring what people think I about you. The... It's all ego driven anyway, right? It's all <laughs> that ego mind that we have. Yeah. It's yeah. It's um how we look at the world and how we let our our own self get in the way of of what's what's real, I think. Um you know, because I look at the world in a particular way. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know, you know, and I don't know if you're right. I don't know if you're wrong. And it really doesn't matter, you know. Um, you know, I, again, talking to someone who um, has a, a, a very wonderful ministry to uh, to the sick and the dying, and particularly after people have passed and doing funerals and things like that. and he said, you know, people, you know, at a funeral, people, uh, at this point, uh, I'll tell you what he said. People never ask, um, well, what was that guy's credit score? And, you know, how much money did that, well, maybe some people do ask that question, but how much money did that person have in the bank? And, and that, he said, that time is past, but we don't even realize that we live in those kinds of concerns. And yet, the, the the passing has happened. And he said, it doesn't matter what you believe in. Do you believe that there's something on the other side? Do you believe that this is, you know, the end? Do you believe that, you know, um, you're going to be swept up in a cloud? Just, I, whatever. Um, he said, at some point in time, that just doesn't matter at all. Yeah. yeah, a couple things about that. I I decided long ago that I I didn't want to be on my deathbed and have any shoulda, coulda, wouldas. It was hard for me to start mm -hmm. intuitive business because I felt that there were probably people in my life who wouldn't understand it. And I, at that point, was afraid of what they thought. And I had to get over that real fast because I did not want to be mm. on my deathbed and think, God, what would have happened if I did it? Like, would it have brought me joy and other people joy? So I, I try to live my life with that in mind, like, I just want to give it up my all this lifetime. I want to take the leap of faith when I want to take the leap of faith. And also the other thing is, I think when we're near the end, we aren't going to be worried about the credit score, are we? We're going to be worried, like, did people right. in my life know that I love them? Did I treat people with, right. with compassion and kindness and forgiveness? Those are the things. So why are we living them now? 
Why are you waking up every day yeah. thinking, who do I need to forgive today? Forgiveness, again, mm-hmm. is the key to happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's a very hard concept for people because they all, many people believe, well, I have a right to be angry. They did X, Y, and Z. Well, probably, but you're, you are literally in your own prison through this anger. Let yourself, and it doesn't right. mean you need to pick up the phone and call them and say, I forgive you. It's an internal process. Does not dismiss what they did; it just sets them free. And we do put ourselves in that personal prison of of um, anger and non forgiveness, and you know, here we are in this. And it, it, you know, you hear it all the time. It does forget. It does. It does affect everything in our lives. You know, if I'm if if somebody does something to me that hurts me, and I'm sitting there being angry and frustrated and all that kind of stuff. What am I going to do? The next person who crosses my path, I'm going to do the same thing to them because I'm feeling so bad. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass it on to you and then they're going to pass it on to somebody else. And it just keeps on going. Um, Whereas, you know, somebody hurts me and I forgive and I say, okay, well, that's, that's cool. Let's move on. You know, then that, that thing is stopped right there. It's, it's not going any further. You know what? What that reminds me of is um, my husband and I have this debate about road rage all the time because I don't have it. Mm -hmm. If someone's riding close to me, behind me, or cutting me off, they do not have the privilege of my emotions. And I don't know their story. Maybe they just got bad news. Maybe they need to head to a hospital. I just pull over Mm -hmm. when someone seems in a rush. And and then he's happy and I'm happy. But I, I don't allow people... Um, the privilege of my emotions. So if someone makes me angry, I'll work through it. Maybe journal write about it, how I'm feeling, maybe talk to a trusted friend, and then I let go and forget. But again, you know, these are little things in life. I would not, I would want people who who have real trauma to please get help. But for the little things right. that happen oh, yeah. in life, you know, someone cuts you off or someone's not nice in the grocery store, who knows what kind of data. Yeah, exactly. And we we forget that sometimes, that they're living life too. You know, we're so egocentric um, that we forget that, you know, wait a minute, everybody else has this life that they're living and they have their own, their own stuff that they're carrying around. And the other thing I do, and the other thing I do is in the morning before I leave the house or, you know, after clients in the afternoon is um, I ask my guys, like, who can we be of service to today? Who can we help today? And inevitably, when you ask that kind of question, your energy shifts because now you're not me, me, me. It's how can mm. I help others? And usually there's some, you know, little old lady who needs help on the top shelf of a, a, at the grocery store or a mom with a couple kids that she needs help wrangling in, trying to get them in the car. You, you always bump up against someone that needs help. And, and if, boy, if every person started, started their day with that thought, we would maybe have a different society. And I think thousands of people already do. I don't think I'm an anomaly. I think thousands of people right. already do that. So I love that. And I hope we can all just keep that going. So, um, you know, you, you're, you're doing things with with the clients who are coming in. You're doing things with yourself. You're doing things, I would guess, with people who are passing you on the street that all of a sudden, you know, you say the right word because you know that's the right word to say. What does that do for you internally? I think we all do things because we get something out of it. Oh. Definitely. For ourselves, you know, and what, 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 what does it do for it you? It brings me joy. It fills me up. Okay. Yeah. 
one of my, my teacher asked me what I wanted in life. And I said, I wanted to feel joy every day. And, and, and joy is, it's a little bit different than happy, happy. Happiness is like that kind of Ben Jerry's in the freezer. For me, that's, that's happiness. <laughs> yeah. right? Happiness is fleeting. Joy, I feel in my body. And when I, you know, people, if I'm ever, if, when I'm waiting in a line, people seem to just tell me their life story. And I think it's because I just have that energy mm. that I'm a safe place. And it just makes me feel like I know what I'm doing on earth. Like my job here is to anchor the light with as many people as I can. That's my function. Mm. Yeah. That's and great. it just fills me up. Right. And not every it's day perfect. is um, so. wonderful. There are some days I wake up and, and I have to talk myself through the day. But for the most part, I have a lot in my spiritual toolbox to help me get through the day. If people were interested in talking with you or emailing with you or whatever, how would they go about getting in touch with you, if that's yeah. okay with you? Or um, what would, what would they do? My website, which is my name, SharonCorteau.com. And will you have that? you'll have that in the show notes so they can get the spelling, thank you. Yes, I will. I will. And if they send me an email, if you, even if they missed it, if they send an email to me at the at my website, at the podcast website, that uh, I'll be I get the information right. So they out can to find them. all my services there. I think my phone number is there too. If they wanted to uh, call for an appointment or text, my um, email address is gettingunstuck123 at gmail.com. They can send me an email there mm. too. Okay. And I do uh, sessions by phone or Zoom, whatever comfortable for them if they're not local. And um, it's I always feel blessed when people reach out that they trust me with their heart and their soul. I was wondering if you did long-distance kinds of things through through the wonderful technology yes, right. we've been yeah. given. You know, people, people, people hate technology, but, you know, when you think about it, um, the number of people that we're able to reach that we would never be able to reach before through technology that we have, you know, it's just, it's sometimes totally when amazing. When the pandemic hit. Of what that's about. Uh, I started doing all my sessions in Zoom because we were all kind of sequestered. And um, mm -hmm. man, that was the best having like sweatpants on <laughs> and a shirt on top. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very, very thankful for the technology. And the, the the thing I, I'm I'm hoping is that you know for me it was the same it was the same way that the folks I was able to interact with during the pandemic um, it just began to grow sometimes and you know I talk with people over in Seattle I talk with people in in New Mexico or whatever um, and I also have groups that I belong to that were forced to go online at, during the pandemic and now that we're past that little piece, my fear is, and I keep telling them that they're going to go back to being only in person mm -hmm. with their small group in person because that's where they started. And I've been saying to uh, a couple groups in particular, you can't do that to us. You know, you're in, you know, you're in Los Angeles and I'm in Buffalo, New York. You know, you can't just take all that away because we've shared all this. We have to figure out some way that we can continue to use that technology and that those things that we were forced to use yeah. to keep each other going. Yeah. 
So Sharon, it's been great having you with us today. Um, Lots of insights and lots of things that uh, are going to need to be thought about a little bit, you know, and uh, I think things that people will be able to take away and and use on their own, you know, the motivation and everything like that. So, um, so thank you very much for being with us on our walk together and um, we will um, talk to you soon. Well, the music means that we're at the end of our time together. I hope you enjoy this part of our walk. I invite you to take a look at my website, ourwalktogether.com. All of the episodes are posted there, as well as a growing amount of information about my guests, as well as topics that are discussed or may be of interest. If you missed any of the web addresses discussed in the podcast, send me an email through the site and I'll be glad to give you that information. Importantly, let your friends know about the podcast and the website. The best way to grow is by you telling others. And so until we meet again, this is Paul Long wishing you peace, joy, and nothing but goodness on our walk together.